Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Reverend Alan Hare, who is the President Emeritus of Valparaiso University, has a favorite story. He was meeting his faculty advisor for his PhD program at Wayne State. The first order of business at this meeting was to go over Reverend Hare's transcript. He says, okay, you have a BA, of course, and two masters. The first master is in divinity from Concordia Seminary. The other is an MA in Christian education. His advisor wrinkled up his nose and looked at him and went, what the blank is Christian education? Dr. Hare responded, well, I can tell you, but first, do you want me to, to answer your question with my Christian education degree, or would you prefer that I use my preaching degree? The advisor admitted that the question was rhetorical and didn't really need an answer. Good morning. Welcome to Rally Day. Rally Day is the traditional kickoff of the new Sunday school year, and as we have already begun, let us begin to answer the question, what is Christian education? Now, you might already know without any of my help, but please stay with me. We might be able to gain some sort of new insight or maybe even a new perspective on what God has to say about Christian education. Now, to begin with, I don't particularly love the term Christian education. Usually when people talk about Christian education, they're talking about morals or ethics, but that's not really the case. You see, moral education or ethical education may or may not be linked to Christianity at all. In reality, most of the time, moral or ethic educations usually don't have anything to do with Christianity at all. In fact, they're purposefully unchristian. They're unchristian in two ways. Number one, they purposefully leave God out of the equation because if you're going to teach morals, you don't really need God. Second of all, they emphasize right behavior, but they emphasize right behavior without any moral weight. In other words, they say, be good, and this is what good looks like. The moralist insists upon good behavior, but he does so without any good reason. The closest thing they can come to a good reason for being good is because you may get caught acting badly. And if you get caught acting badly, then you'll be embarrassed. And then it becomes a matter of cops and robbers. Catch me if you can. I will do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want. And if you catch me, I will feign to be embarrassed. But I'm not really embarrassed because I really didn't care. Because if I really cared, I wouldn't have done it. I'm actually sad that you caught me. You can see this in the apologies of most of our celebrities and sports figures. They're always going, I'm so very sorry that you caught me doing this thing that I clearly should not have done. That's not Christian education. What's worse is Christian education sometimes just means saying Jesus a lot. Most of the good Sunday school questions can be answered with five little words, right? God, Jesus, Bible, yes, and Martin Luther. <laughs> or John Calvin, if you happen to be Presbyterian, or Charles Wesley, if you happen to be Methodist. But the answers are all the same. I remember back in seminary, I was doing a children's message. I had a whole array of children around me, and I was trying to describe them something, and I wanted them to guess it. One precocious little kid looked at me and went, 
It sounds suspiciously like you're describing a rabbit, but I know full well it's Jesus. I wasn't trying to get her to describe a rabbit. Real Christian education starts at home, says Luther. In a sermon that he wrote in 1517 on marriage, he talks about Christian education. And I'll read the whole thing, and it's about a half a page, so bear with me. Marriage produces offspring, and that is the end and the chief purpose of marriage. It is not enough merely for children to be born. Even the heathen can do that. We bring children up to serve God, to praise Him and honor Him and Him alone. We want nothing else for them but this. This, at least, all marriage people should know. That they can do no better work. That nothing is more valuable for them or for God or for Christendom, for all the world or for themselves, than they to bring up their children well. That married people should bring up their children poorly. There is nothing at all in all the pilgrimages of Rome or pilgrimages to Jerusalem or Constantinople. Nothing at all in the building of churches or the endowing of masses or whatever good works can be named. For bringing up their children properly is the shortest road to heaven. In fact, heaven itself could not be made nearer or achieved more easily than by doing this good work. And by the same token, hell is no more easily earned with respect to one's own children. You could not do more disastrous work than to spoil your children, to let them curse and swear, to let them learn profane words and vulgar songs and let them just do as they please. What is more, some parents use enticements to become more alluring, to meet the, the, the dictates of the world in fashion so that they may please the world, so that their kids may get ahead, that their children may become rich, all the more time giving more and more attention to the care of the body rather than the true education of the soul. There is no greater tragedy in all of Christendom than to spoil a child, says Martin Luther. Real Christian education helps us. It helps us to know ourselves. It helps us to know ourselves as human beings. In our natural state, Christian education shows that we do not fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That we have continued to run away from God, that we continue to hide behind fig leaves, to blame others for our own actions. We tend to do what it is that we want, even at the risk of getting caught. Weeks ago, we went over a story of Jesus once asked. Somebody asked, Lord, will only a few be saved? Jesus does not give an explicit answer, but only replies, many, I tell you, will try to enter in, but they will not be able to do so. It's a hard lesson. But by, by failing to hear the law of God, by closing our mind to what God says about us and about our situation, about our life, means the inability to apply the gospel to that same soul. Every person who has not come to faith in Jesus is headed for damnation. And only those who are struck with the terror of damnation are open to the way of the heavenly gospel. People all around us reject the reality of salvation all the time. And you too may occasionally bristle at being called a sinner, but you are. And if you don't think you are, then you have a problem. 
In the small called articles, Luther writes that when the law of God is taught that there are three possible outcomes. Number one, some people will hear that law. They will rebel against that law, saying that they have no sin, that, that what we have called sin is no longer sin and that they don't have to, to believe it. Number two, others will become false saints. They will claim that they have indeed kept this law. They have done what God has required of them. They claim that they are thankful for Jesus. They will claim that they have patterned their life off of Jesus and that they follow Jesus and Jesus alone and that they have, to a certain extent, stopped sinning altogether. This, too, is a lie. Others will understand the implications of that law and they will fall into despair. The first two, the rebellious and the false pious, must have that law reinforced upon them because they do not yet accept their sinful nature. And if you do not accept your sinful nature, then you simply have no need of a Savior. And Jesus' work upon the cross is of no value for you because it doesn't apply to you. Because you're awesome just the way you are. Now to those who despair, to those who hear the law and go, oh, boy, am I in trouble. Those that despair must be sent to lifeline. The despairing must be gospelized. Religious education is not Christian education unless Jesus Christ is the center of that education. If Jesus and his sacrificial death given for you for the forgiveness of your sins, that Christian message rejects all human endeavors. It rejects all human dignity. Many times I've been asked, you know, Pastor, how come you think the Christian church is the, the, the only true church? Why do you think the Christian religion is the only true religion? Well, my answer usually is the same, so long as I'm in the right mind to give it. The Christian religion is the true religion because it demeans humanity. It demeans all the things that human uses to justify themselves and say, this is trash and rubbish. All of the religions that have ever been invented by man do the same thing. They do the exact same thing. You need to say your prayers. You must gain salvation. You recite these magic words. You got to say your prayers. You got to save the earth. You got to save the whales. You got to go to the quiet places of the rivers and the streams and save the slugs. You have to use the proper pronouns. You have to fly the right flags. You must do whatever it is that is laudable for this current generation. And guess who gets to tell you what is laudable? The people in the big houses and flying the fancy cars and the making all the money. When the guy goes, you got to give your money if you want to be saved, that's the guy that's making up the religion. And it's not religion. It's not even a very good self-help book. But it does tend to make sense in the human mind. Give me a couple of easy rules that I can follow. I got to give a little bit of money. I got to go to this one place. I got to say these magic words. And then you tell me I'm okay and I'm okay and you're okay. And I paid my little tax and I'm good. Now I can just go do whatever I want to do. The message that we can, should attain our own salvation is completely natural to the mind of sinful man. 
that if we expand our effort, that if we recite the right prayers, if we bow enough times, if we help enough people, if we save the fat-tailed slug, or whatever it is that we've decided that we need to do this year, it all suggests that we are masters of our own spiritual fate, that we are the captains of our souls, that we are actually really, truly in charge. Specifically, these teachings have nothing to do with the affirmation of the dignity of humans. But on closer look, we see that it's not true. I mean, seriously. How can any human know that they've done enough? How do you know if you've done enough? How can anybody look at your life and tell you that you have done enough? They don't know you. They can't be on the inside of you. They don't know what you were capable of. It doesn't work. Faith is counterintuitive. This is why I believe it. God is the judge, and God is the only one who can tell me what he thinks of me. And God also sent his son to die for me on a cross. And his suffering and his death and his resurrection bring God's people back together again. Salvation is from God. It is from God. It is for us, given to us as a gift. I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't say enough prayers. I didn't read enough things. I didn't go to the right places. I don't even know what a fat-tailed slug is. And I really don't care about them. And I don't want them on my pool porch. I don't care how valuable Thus, the central teaching of Christianity is the good news of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel also distinguishes Christian religion and Christian education from all other religions. In fact, it separates itself from all other forms of education entirely. For after the gospelization, after you have been convicted by the law that you were a sinner and destined to hell and deserve that hell, however, God has saved you from that by giving you his son, after that gospelization, then comes sanctification. Sanctification simply defines being Christians living Christian lives, means walking the walk after we have talked the talk. To be distinctively Christian, our life must be motivated by God's love for us. Living a Christian life adds nothing to your salvation. God's grace is not conditional in any way. God's grace does not depend upon anything that we have done or have failed to do. God loves you. God loves you. And gave his son for you. That when you are terrified by your sin, that you might have a place to go, that you might have a city of refuge, sit upon a hill. And Jesus' death and his resurrection is proof of that love for you. The Holy Spirit comes to you through word and sacrament to keep us in the one Christian faith. And in turn, we say unto God, you have loved me and now I love you. Let me show you my love for you. Isaiah suggests two ways that people can express their love for God. Number one, we come to him and we worship our Lord. Number two, we invite other people to come and know that good news that we know, that we gospelize not only ourselves and our children and our family and those that we work with, but everybody around us, that we give them a summary of the hope that we have in our Lord as he has loved us. What is Christian education? Christian education is nothing more than the gospel. It is nothing more 
than that good news that God has saved you from sin, death, and hell. It is gospelization. It convinces human beings that we were apart from God. It convinces us that through the cross and through the open tomb of Jesus, that good news of Jesus is our only means of salvation. It convinces us of God's prediction. Thus it was written that the Messiah should suffer and, and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. What is Christian education? It is nothing more than evangelism. It is evangelism in the broadest sense of human of the word. It is Christian education it is the evangelization. It is the good newsing. It is the gospelizing of those around us. By God's grace, he gives us the tools and he gives us the confidence to live a Christian life here and in every day, no matter where we go and what we do, that we might convince others of the graciousness of God. And not only that you, you of all people can be saved, and if you can be saved, then they can be saved. Because if you can be loved, they can be loved. And we are witnesses of these things. The Lord God bless you. Bless your day, bless your life, bless your home. May even bless your backpack at some point. But may he bless your Christian education. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.